Welcome to MDA Insights, the podcast where we bring you the latest in training and development trends straight from the experts at MDA Training. Welcome back to our podcast, where we continue our conversation with guest Sabrina Breher, Global Business Partner at Center for Creative Leadership, CCL. Today we delve deeper into the topic of leadership, essential skills and competencies. This marks our 13th episode and an exciting opportunity to explore valuable tips for creating future-ready leadership programs. So sit back, relax, and let's jump into this fascinating topic. If you were to be offering advice to an L&D, to an HR team looking to develop a leadership programme, either for new joiners in a bank or or, or a financial institution or actually any organisation thinking through, or actually to to even all the way up to C-suite, what tips would you suggest? What two or three things would you suggest to a team looking to develop a programme that makes your leaders fit for tomorrow, enables leaders to lift the world? I think one of the most fundamental things you already set up in a nice way, it needs to be fit for tomorrow. So you need to have a future-oriented focus in the leadership development. Sometimes when working with clients, it's much more focused, okay, this is... This is the current challenges that we need to overcome. And so these are the current behaviors that we want to change. But are these still the same behaviors that we will need in five to 10 years from now? Because it's a long-term trajectory that you have. So really consider the evolving challenges and trends in the business world. This can be your internal drivers around leadership development, but also the business drivers and then the industry drivers. What are some of the disruptions on the horizons that you can already anticipate? And what does it mean for leadership um, development? Looking at this this new rise of artificial intelligence. Well, it's not going to go away, but how do you integrate it? How do you make it work for you? Absolutely. Just yesterday alone, you know, the news in the UK with BT, British Telecom, talking in the next seven years, they're going to lose 55,000 people uh, out of the workforce because of AI and technology. You know, that's quite a big thing to contend with in terms of your met- mental attitude. You think, well, why should I bother if yeah. you're just going to get rid of my job? So what, why am I going to give you my commitment for the next five years if there's nothing at the end of it for me? It's a big thing to contend with. Absolutely. I just picked up, uh, I read a stat the other day, almost half the jobs that 15-year-olds will be doing in 10 years' time haven't been invented yet. <laughs> and, and, and and you start just thinking the, the rate of change, the rate of progress, being brave, thinking about tomorrow is so important. But I apologise, Sabrina, you're up to one. I've asked That's for three a- things. <laughs> Again, you, you teed it up perfectly for me because it's it's exactly that fact that that other tip that I would want to offer is to embrace technology and innovation because 
the one thing that will remain constant is change. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, it will be there. So how can you leverage technology to really enhance the accessibility and effectiveness of leadership development? How do you incorporate maybe online learning platforms or virtual simulations or remote collaboration tools? so that you can really engage your your entire workforce. Because as we've seen, things change so quickly and the technology does offer and, and can encourage really that experimentation and adaptability in, in program designs. And so you can remain at the forefront of leadership development. Yeah. And um, I think that last point that I'd like to make is around really Customization and personalization is so important. Um, more and more, we're not looking at, okay, this is just, this is the standard program. It's going to apply to everyone. I think in order, the key ingredient to having a learner engagement is that it, it resonates with them on their level of their challenges that they're at, that they're facing, that it is, uh, that it resonates with the challenges that they need to overcome and that it is relevant to their everyday work because through that, you can really meet the unique needs and aspirations of the different leaders. So thinking about holistic architectures and then fine tuning the nuances around the customization really in line with mid-level managers. How do they perceive our organization and the business challenges that they are trying to solve for? And what are the skills that they actually need in order to be successful now? and in the future. Yeah, I, I, I like, I just pick up on that. It, it often strikes me that management is impersonal. It is a function. Leadership is personal. It is values uh, and individual driven. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It's that soft tissue that connects us. And hence, again, it's not something that is inherent to your title. It's an, this is an, it's a mindset. <laughs> what we tend to do on a leadership development front from an MDA's perspective is we have leadership simulations. Because what we find a lot of the time when you talk about certainly about behavior change, you can talk to the cows come home, yeah. uh, you know, about leadership and the models and the this. And they often uh, do. Obviously. And when they often, often do, do. Yeah. the cows yeah. do come home <laughs> and then they leave again. <laughs> <laughs> but until you get people doing things uh, and put them in a, in a challenging situation, in a stressful situation, that's when you start seeing their real behaviors coming out and then coaches can then, you know, work with them to say, did you realize the way you talk to that person because you was under a stressful condition, uh, you know, you create a shadow in the whole team and everyone was scared to then go and talk to you about something. You know, you, you know you, you, your barriers are up. And it's by getting them to do simulations that we talk about, physical simulations, sometimes virtual, but more physical, it brings out something that you know you can you can build on and then you can build your models around it say well here's some strategies that you can use to help cope with that situation better here's something you should think about and come back tomorrow and we can have a, we can explore it further um do you use a lot of simulations at ccl absolutely um for us it's you can talk to people about leadership development and how they should change that's gonna have very minimal impact Yes, sometimes you will want to set something up with a little bit of theory around it, but actually until you get them in the driver's seat of their own development and learning, yeah. they're not going to change their own behaviors. And, and we talk about creating heat experiences. So CCLB believe, okay, yes, traditional leadership development is a lot of times around the, the horizontal development. 
you have a you have a cup of you have a cup and you just add more knowledge more skills yeah but until you actually take that cup and transform it and expand it so that what's coming in is transformed and and processed in a different way that's when you have the real impact so and in order to to get to that point you need heat experiences you're being put in an uncomfortable situation and these simulations that we use and experiential activities and all of these things where you're like oh i don't quite like this what's happening and i'm not doing really well because let's be honest a lot of times these simulations are designed to not be successful because that's exactly where the learning happens then when leaders go through that and they're so engulfed and i i just need to solve that issue and then in the end they realize well it's not solvable it's about how we get there to get that and then it's you not always a matter of doing A produces B. No, it's not. It's not, oh, it's never like that. Life's not that easy. I and, wish it was. And when when I'm comfortable, I'm not growing. Exactly. And, and that that's that's always the. But but and Sabina, and you mentioned something else. You you took, you talked one or three about technology. I, I I I think technology is an enabler, but it also makes us lazy. Yeah. Because we're looking at TV and saying it it, it becomes less personal training via TV because I'm I'm sat eating with crisps and drinking with coke and just watching something that's happening to some somebody else how do you get your your learning that the power of personalization emotional engagement how do you get that in a, a remote environment as opposed to doing it face to face I think the, the the most important element is that you're not sitting there and have this sort of edutainment you have a bright individual standing there and telling you about all the different studies and the ways that things could be done differently. In similar is what we were just talking about around uh, experiential learning and really that experiencing it firsthand, you can recreate that also in the virtual space. That can be through different modalities. You have, um, you go into breakout rooms because when you are all, all of a sudden with a peer, you have the social pressure as well to actually engage. In a big group, we're all just sitting behind our screens, as you say, maybe even without camera. So always recommend be on camera. You want to see the others. It's already hard enough to read body language when you see somebody, but it's impossible to read it when you can't see that other person. Yeah. So that, and then really having the right prompts, the right engagements, um, thinking around what are the different learner types and their needs of engagement. Do we need to tell stories that will create a social proof around it so that I feel engaged as a, I don't know, type one, two or three uh, learner? Or do I actually need to make this very practical and then come with examples and share stories around, okay, how have I seen that show up for me in the organization? What is maybe some, maybe I need more data and facts. I want to know, okay, what are others doing in order for me to continue to remain engaged? And that is true for the the presence uh, designs as well as the virtual designs. Can I ask a question about you? Of course. What what motivates you? I I, I see in your background, um, you spent some time, and it was probably quite a traumatic time uh, in terms of Sierra Leone. What did you see? What what drove you to both do that role, which I see has continued in the path that you've taken since? Um, I. Th- what brought me there is curiosity and uh, I think a lot of the stages in my life I actually reached to because I'm, I'm 
very curious and I want to understand and experience. I'm one of these people, I don't want to read a manual. I want to go there and I want to try to put it together myself. Yeah. So um, when it came to my, my bachelor thesis back then, I was thinking, oh, I don't want to sit in a library and, and do something very remote. I want to... I want to actually go and understand something. So um, I was very fortunate to, to have some personal connections to other internships, to then the right people to interview in, in a setting like Sierra Leone. And it was such a fascinating time because it was the in the election yeah. just been painting. It was the year of the Charles Taylor trial who had, a, I mean, a, a massive impact on this, this country. And then having the opportunity of interviewing um, special court judges um, around how do they see that and how is also the Western sense of reconciliation maybe in clash with what's actually happening in the country. So these curiosities brought me there. And then while I was there, it, it has been really quite changing. It then set me on a completely different path. That's what made me then go to New York and study actually conflicts. Um, I, I looked at conflict studies, international humanitarian law, born out of that curiosity. Um, so I think for everyone, really don't be afraid and just uh, try to discover as much as possible in a sensible way right don't be reckless but be sensible and smart and, and immerse yourself in different cultures absolutely and you know the thing is uh, sabrina you know a lot of the clients that we work with often one of the skills they're looking for to develop certainly in their early careers you know the you know the graduates coming joining a company is be curious mm. Seek to build networks, relationships, find out what does that department do? Why does it do that? Where does my role link into that department? You know, be curious to find out. Because often people come in and then it's straight away into that silo mentality of just working. That's my function. That's what I do. Do my job well. But be curious to find out other things. And so you just, you're living and breathing it. <laughs> I try. And I think it's it's such a fundamental well, I don't know, it's not even skill. It's something, just be mindful of it. Curiosity, I see linked directly to learning agility because without me being curious, um, how do I know if I need to change something or if I want to, or need to actually um, try things differently? Um, without curiosity, I believe you can't have, you're not, you can't have empathy in a sense because you are not curious. How does it feel for somebody else? And what does it mean for the reality of this individual? So it's something that everyone has. And you just need to, as we said at the beginning, maybe like a muscle, continue to explore it, continue to hone it and embrace it. Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned something else uh, within Egypt. I see reconciliation as the ultimate act of empathy because people can talk about empathy. They can say, oh, I see you, I feel you. Actually, no, you don't. Uh, and when you are dealing with countries, with organizations, with cultures that are trying to reconcile some unbelievably complex, painful, frightening, angry states in the past, um, that's where I think genuine skills of empathy come out. And, and I see genuine skills actually both with empathy and, and, and passion in you, but also in terms of the work of CCL. Absolutely. And I think that's that's very remarkable and so important as well. We all define reconciliation at a different level. If you look at that Western approach, it's really around trying somebody and then they must serve time to, to, to rectify their wrongs. But in a setting like Sierra Leone, 
Well, you couldn't try all of them. How are you going to try children that have been forcibly removed and then indoctrinated into something that they might not even have been? So these these communities had to find a different way. And that's what I found so fascinating when, when doing my research on the ground, but also obviously in the larger literature around that. Um, how do these communicate uh, communities then change the trajectories and say, okay, well, you've done really cruel things to to us here as a community, but also to us individually, but still we will welcome you back and we will give you a second chance to be part of this collective because this is where you belong and we're not going to just cast you out in the world to be lost, but no, we'll, we'll give that second chance. And that's that's something that we Western the Western approach is quite different to that and um, it's mm. it's a topic that we could also talk another hour about <laughs> I, I, I think we could I think we could but it's simply because quite often Western approaches are all about retribution uh, exactly. as opposed to reconciliation and Western approaches struggle with restorative justice and and just trying to work out ultimately we've got to live and work together yeah and we've got to go through that that real change, that loss curve, however you define it, of just trying to work out what what can be done in yeah. order to, to, to collaborate as opposed to just feel a sense, a short-term sense of, yeah, that served you. Exactly. Then in the term, if you look at that in, in a modern world where we work together in teams and sometimes something goes wrong and you will perceive that as a grave injustice towards your own work and how do you move past that as yeah. as, as part of a team as part of an organization how do i um, still feel i can continue to show up as my best self even though i might have not agreed with the things that have happened externally yeah and, and not pull something out of the bottom drawer after two years saying, yeah, I told you that would happen. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's I said we should do it differently, but you didn't listen. You didn't listen. And now I'm right. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't get you anywhere, right? <laughs> Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Stop doing it, Paul, to me. Yeah, yeah, I've got to stop that. I must <laughs> stop that. And, and equally, I'll stop calling yourself ox. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, we could talk so much more, but our yeah. time at the moment on this podcast is up. Uh, Sabrina, thank you so much for Absolutely. being part of this podcast. Thank you so much for your insights. Uh, and thank you so much in terms of your inputs. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, you really energized my Friday morning, I must say. I love talking about uh, things that I'm passionate about. And um, I appreciate the opportunity to having this wonderful conversation with you. That's all for today's episode of MDA Insights. At MDA Training, we take a unique approach to training and development. We don't just focus on the theory, we focus on real-world application of that theory. We work with our clients to understand their specific needs and design experiential training solutions to meet those needs. But it's not just about the training. We work with our clients to help them achieve measurable results and create real behavior change in the workplace. We hope you found this information valuable from our podcast today. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more insights and expert advice. Thanks for listening.